Good morning, everybody. How are we? So uh, I, uh, we had an amazing service, first service, so I wasn't able to speak, and so this is my first time going to share today. So, um, but I'm excited about what God laid on my heart. You know, usually um, I will speak on Mother's Day, and um, I told Chad, I said, this is a little different for me. I said, you're like telling me what I have to speak on, and I'm like, this is kind of different. But how many of you have enjoyed our Philippians series and just kind of like breaking it down and kind of going through it? Like, I have really enjoyed it. I think Pastor Chad and Pastor Ed, Pastor Jason, I think they've done a great job at just teaching us the word, just verse by verse. And so I get to continue that today. So I'm excited actually, because these are actually some of my favorite um, scriptures. And I do believe God has really kind of, um, you know, like as I'm studying, you know, he's kind of like pointing fingers at me too, as I'm, as I'm studying this. And so this message was for me um, as well. So I'm just going to kind of dive right in here. I told Chad, I was like, how long do I have? Because I have a lot to say this time. And I was like, oh shoot, I'm like trying to wrap it up. And I was taking things out. So I might be a little chatty today, all right? So, but we are going to start with Philippians chapter 3, and we're going to look at verses 12 through 16. I'm going to read this to you, and then we'll kind of jump in. It says, not that I have already obtained all of this, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us then who are mature should take such a view of things, and if on some point you think differently, well, that too, God will make clear to to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. And as I think through these scriptures, I can't help but to think of like a track and field. So I know we've got some track students in here, and um, I kind of have a visual for you because I just want us all to kind of be on the same page. But when we have track, we have lanes, right? And we think about this when we're running. Anytime there's training with, run, like anytime there's running, there's always training involved, okay? Um, our oldest daughter, she did track for a little while, and I remember they would run every day. She's constantly running. I remember her little outfits that she would have to wear because she's sweating. And there were times when it was cold or hot, it didn't matter, they were going to run. But the biggest thing I always remember is that she had a lane to run in, that was her lane, and if she crossed over, then guess what? They were disqualified, and then she couldn't do nothing, right? So I just kind of want this visual, and this is probably what several of us look look like, right? So we may not have the cute little track outfit on, but in life, we are running our race, all right? So I want you to kind of hold on to this. But there's three things when I'm thinking of these scriptures, there's three things that I think we need to learn from on this. The first one is there's an awareness. The second one, there's a pursuit. And the third, there's a maturity. So we're going to kind of dive into each of those. But first, I want to pray, all right? So Heavenly Father, I thank you for this opportunity. And I thank you, God, for already just speaking to me um, through these scriptures. Lord, I just pray that you would help me, God, to deliver clearly. And Lord, I just pray that um, ears are open, God, and hearts are ready, God, to receive what you have for them. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. So this awareness, we're going to start first at this awareness, all right? And I'm going to kind of go verse by verse here, and I just want to kind of teach you and kind of share with you a little bit what I feel like God has even kind of shared with me through this process. So the verse 12, let's read it again. It says, not that I have already obtained all of this or have arrived at my goal. So we see this word 
this. Not that I've already obtained all of this. Well, what are we talking about, okay? Well, actually, we're gonna kind of back up to a couple verses, um, and Pastor Chad talked about um, knowing God last week, all right? And so within this, we have to look at the whole passage, not just verse 12, but we're talking about how we're to know God, to know the power of his resurrection, to participate in his suffering, to becoming more like him, all right? So Paul is saying in this verse, it says, not that I've already obtained all of this, right? Paul is clearly stating like, hey, I have not arrived there. I have not achieved this. And I think all of us can probably say the apostle Paul is probably one of the most accomplished Christians that we probably can know of. And by the time he's writing this letter, he's like 20 some odd years into his ministry. He's accomplished a lot of things already in his ministry. He's done a lot. Like he has led many, many people to Christ. But listen, he's even stating, I have not obtained this. I'm not arrived. I have not arrived there. I, I'm not, I'm not there. And so the thing that I like is that Paul is aware, right? He has become aware that guess what? He is not going to ever achieve perfection in this lifetime. And that is something that I think we have to first get right off the bat. It doesn't matter. Listen to me. It doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian in this room. It doesn't matter how much money you put in the offering plate. It doesn't matter how many scriptures you think you've memorized or the powerhouse prayer person you are. Listen to me. You have not been perfected yet and you still have things to learn and to do. All right. So I'll just step on some toes right as we start out the gate. So the second thing we're going to look at is this pursuit. And we're going to kind of sit in this, this little learning phase for a minute, if we can. So this pursuit, and actually it's at the end of verse 12, and it says, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. All right. So I kind of want to look at this, these two words, take hold. All right. So Paul's desire here is to take hold of this goal, right? He wants to take hold of this, but you, this is what I want us to see is that his motivation in taking hold of this is that he knows that Christ already took hold of him. So picture this for just a minute. If you don't know the story much of Paul, his name was actually Saul, and he was a mean dude, all right? He persecuted Christians. He did anything he could to get rid of them. He did not like Christians at all. But here we are. God gets a hold of Saul. He meets him on that road to Damascus, and listen to me. God changed Saul's heart, and he becomes Paul in this. But listen, God took hold of Paul, and I think there's several of you in this room. I think you can remember. You know what? I remember that day when God took hold of me and he changed my life. And you see, the reason why God took hold of Paul was, listen, God had a purpose for Paul and God has a purpose for you as well. So just like Paul, as we begin to kind of think through some of this a little bit, you see, Paul, no matter the different things that he kind of faced, no matter the circumstances, no matter what, Paul was in a pursuit Okay? He was in a pursuit of things of Christ. And this is my question that I have for you. My question is that why is it that so many Christians now, why have they stopped in their pursuit? Why have we stopped in our pursuit of Christ? And I know, yes, you know what? You're here on a Sunday morning. You're here for Mother's Day. Maybe you're a part of a table group. But listen to me, somewhere along the lines, I feel like we've kind of like lost the goal. We've kind of like, we've had no new dreams in any time. Listen, our priorities have been so shaken up that we've kind of stopped pursuing the things of God. We've gotten comfortable, if I'm gonna be honest. We check off the mark of the things that we're supposed to do, but we've stopped pursuing the things of God. So I wanna come back to this question in just a second, but 
But let's look at the next verse. It says, verse 13, it says, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. Again, Paul, for the second time, has said, I still haven't done this. I've not perfected this yet. I'm still, right? I'm still in training here, okay? But it says, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. Now, I want us to think about that word for a minute, forgetting. I think it's interesting. Scripture's telling us here to forget, yet we have Scripture that tells us to remember. So you're like, okay, God, what is it? Am I supposed to remember? Am I supposed to forget? There's contradiction here. What is this? But I believe in, so Ecclesiastics, it tells us that there's a time and a season for everything. And I think it's the same thing when we think of the words remembering and we think of forgetting. I think sometimes there's benefit in remembering, but then sometimes it's most helpful if we forget. I want to explain here. So Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11 through 13, it says this, Therefore remember, okay, hello, you're telling me to remember, but clearly in Philippians it says to forget. So hold on. Therefore remember, formerly you who are Gentiles both uh, by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision. Verse 12, remember that at that time you were separate from Christ. Remember, you were excluded from citizenship in Israel. Remember, you were foreigners to the covenants of the promise. You were without hope. You were without God in this world. But now in Christ Jesus, who who once were far away, sorry, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Listen, sometimes it's okay to remember things in the past. It's okay. Sometimes there's value in remembering some of those things. There's value in remembering where God brought us from. Look at this. It says, listen, remember that I was, I was a foreigner. I had no hope. I was without Jesus. Like, I remember those days. Does anybody else remember those days? I remember those days. But listen to me. God says, remember those. There's value in those. There's value in remembering the lessons that we've, been lear- that we've learned from our past. There's value in remembering the humility that we have because of where we've come from. The problem is that some of us, we try to remember so much in the past that it has now controlled us. We live in it. We remain in it, and we just sit in it. So, let me kind of explain this. Let me help you a little bit. When am I supposed to remember? When am I supposed to forget? So here it is. I need to remember everything that serves faith and obedience to Christ. I'm going to remember everything that serves faith and obedience to Christ, right? So my memories of I've been saved, the memories of joy and the things that I'm thankful for, the things that God's brought me from. Listen to me. I'm going to remember those things. But when am I supposed to forget? We need to forget everything that hinders, hinders your faith and obedience to Christ. The things that hinder it. Listen, this is like positive or negative anything that would begin to try to lure you away from the grace of God. Listen to me, it could be anything that would try to bring on guilt or shame from things that God's already forgiven you of. It could be things that would bring pride and arrogance our way. God says, no, forget it. He says, move past it. We need to forget it. So if I can just get really real with you for a minute, you see, I think a lot of us, we've kind of become justified in our remembering and remaining. We've justified it. But I believe God's calling each and every one of us, it's time for us to forget so that we can move forward. We got to move forward. 
He's calling us to trust him, right? He's wanting to heal us, but we've got to be able to forget the things of the past in order for us to be able to move forward into the future. And I'll be honest, you know what? Sometimes it's not always easy growing up with the Spirit. Listen to me. Sometimes it's a little difficult, right? It's not always fun to be discipled. But listen to me, we've got to be able to forget those things. And I remember even in sufferings and persecutions, the things that we may walk through, if anybody knew suffering and persecution, it was Paul. We know that even in this letter, as he's writing this letter, he's in jail. Let's remember that when we first started this in Philippians 1, he is in jail and he's writing this letter. He knew what sufferings were about, but he never stopped. He continued to push for because he knew what God had called him to, and that is what we need to do. We've got to continue to go through. The problem is, sadly, is I think our churches are so full of spiritual powerhouse people that are craving this spiritual powerhouse. But listen, anytime our feelings get hurt or things get a little bit too hard, we stop running the race because we say it hurts too much. God has called us to run the race no matter how we feel. Whether we feel like it or we don't, he's called us to run the race that he's put in front of us. And listen, as I was beginning to prepare for this, God was really kind of shaking my own story a little bit because there have been many times when I'm like, you know what, God, I'm done. I'm tired of running this race. I'm frustrated. I'm tired. People are going my nerves. <laughs> like, let's be honest. And God said, you know what? No, I've called you. I have called you to do something. God says it's time to forget the things of the past, put your eyes on what I've called you to do, and keep pushing forward. Amen? So listen, I believe God, church, I believe God is asking for people who are willing, who are willing to separate themselves. He's looking for people who are going to get in their prayer closet. He's looking for people who are going to get down on their knees and begin to cry out. He's looking for people who are going to reprioritize their life and go hard after him. That is what he's looking for. It's time for us to begin to start standing up to what the world is telling us right now. We live in a crazy age. And just like even Pastor Chad even talked about, listen, the pursuit, the calling, it is much greater than it used to be. It is time. God is looking for those people. Are you really going to pursue me? Are you really going to go hard after me? Because it's not real popular in the world. But I'm asking you, are you going to pursue me? Are you going to do the things that it requires? Again, verse 13, it says, Paul says, forget it. Forget what is behind. You see, Paul forgot everything in his past. He forgot his sin. He forgot his mistakes. He had to move past all that junk. And I'm telling you, Paul went through it. But listen, in this verse, he's really also saying, Paul also had to forget all of his accomplishments. Paul did a lot for the kingdom of God, but he also had to forget all the things that he did. He couldn't continue to remain in the past. He had to be able to move forward to me. Because listen to me, if you're gonna continue to look in the past, you will never be able to move forward. So there's two things. I wanna come back to this question that I ask. Why, why, why have so many in the church stopped pursuing? Why have so many people stopped pursuing? And there's two questions, there's two thoughts that I kind of want to bring that I feel like God really kind of laid on my heart. And I'm just going to be honest. I'm going to step on a lot of toes and you got, might get mad at me, but I'm, I feel like God really kind of laid this on my heart. And I'm going to tell you, I think the first reason why some people have stopped pursuing is I, say, I think some people are just satisfied. I think you're very satisfied where you are. You've just kind of become content. You've kind of become complacent. You're okay with it. And you kind of think, you know what? I did all these wonderful things back then. And you just kind of live off of it. Listen to me. The things of today don't satisfy you from yesterday's bread. You have to continue to feed your spirit. You've got to continue to, to, to 
um, to train yourself and equip yourself for what God has for you for today. We've talked about it. How many of us, we come into church on a Sunday morning and we get, 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 but then there's nothing throughout the rest of the week. Listen to me. God's bread, God's favor, God's love, God's all of this nourishment that he's wanting to give us on a Sunday. Listen to me. You need it on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday too. But so many of us in here, are we really being honest? Do we spend any time with the Lord through the week? We might kind of say a quick little prayer, but are we really digging in? Are we learning more about scripture? Are we trying to listen to what he's asking us of us? Are we listening to those things that he's even challenging us for us to change? Because so often we might hear it, but we do nothing about it. We just continue to push forward in the things that we're comfortable in. I'm okay. I did those then. We're satisfied. We're not moving forward. We're not running the race that God initially called us because guess what? we're satisfied. I'm good here. That requires too much work. Or the second reason I think people are not moving forward or pressing on toward the goal that, the goal that God, listen, it's because too many of us, listen, we have been, we held, we've been held captive by trauma and past hurts and disappointments, and we've just carried them. We're not able to move forward because we're literally just sitting in this word trauma. And I'm not trying to be like rude. I'm not trying to be um, disrespectful in any way when I talk about this word. But I hate that we live in a day and age where it's so common to say, eh, it's okay to not be okay. Or I think there's so many people who like, they kind of attach themselves to this word trauma because they like to play this victim card. They like to just say, well, um, I'm going to use this because the sad thing is, is a lot of people use it as their excuse to acting the way that they do. Well, I am this way because of this. We hold on to it. It's become an identity for us. The pain that we don't want to let go of, the trauma that we have. Listen, we just want to hold on to it. A lot of us don't even know how to live life without it. We don't even know how to release it. This hurt or this pain or things in my past or things from my parents or things from an old spouse or things from a friend. Listen, we've just held on to it and we've sat in it for so long that we don't not, we're not even aware We've become to like, it's like defined us. And I know a lot of us in this room, we're in different positions, we're in different places, we've experienced different things, but I cannot get past how important it is that we've got to stop looking at the things. It says, forget what was behind and we've got to strain on what is in front of us. We are missing it. And I'll just be honest, listen to me. When we begin to like push forward and we begin to forget the things that are in the past, listen to me, there is like a beautiful process of being renewed. God will come in and he will begin to renew your mind. He's gonna renew your heart. He's gonna begin to soften you. Listen, we don't serve this big old mean man God that's up there ready to pounce us on our head. No, he is a loving and he is a caring God. And I am not trying to be mean because I know that the hurt, it was real. And the hurt was painful. But listen to me, there's got to come a time and a place where you finally just say, God, I need you in this. Please take this away from me. I am sick and tired of the enemy coming in and just suppressing me. And he's stealing my joy, stealing my kids, stealing my marriage. Because why? Because I'm just sitting in this trauma and the pain and I can't move past it. Listen, God is ready to take you to another level. But we have to do it. Because can I just be honest with you? If you continue, continue, continue to sit in the trauma of the sexual abuse, if you just want to continue to sit in that, I'm just going to tell you, you're going to do nothing but hinder the intimacy in your, in your, in your relationships. 
If you want to continue to just sit in the trauma of a neglected mother or of an abusive father, I'm just going to tell you your kids are going to continue to reap the consequence. If you're going to continue to hold on to the unfair diagnosis and hold on to that anger that you have at God, can I just tell you you're just going to continue to push the one person away where your true healing and restoration can come from. God's already told us, listen to me, if we would just come to him, that he gives us rest. He says that, you know what? He can use our junk for his glory. And he says that he can do more than we could ever think, ask, or imagine in and through us. But we've got to be able to lay it at his feet. We've got to move past the hurt, and we've got to be able to move forward I don't know about you, but I am tired of the enemy trying to rob, steal, kill, and destroy from me and my family, and I'm ready to say enough is enough. I promise you, if you will begin to press forward, if you will begin to forget the things, I will tell you, listen to me, you can have a vibrant marriage that is full of intimacy. You can begin to bond with your children like you've never before. You can begin to experience freedom from pills and alcohol. You can begin to experience freedom from unforgiveness and that tightness in your chest. Listen to me, you can begin to walk in things and just get rid of anxiety and depression all for all. Listen, I'm ready for this, are you? Because Jesus just says, listen to me, I need you to stop sitting in the trauma. I need you to push forward. Hebrews 12, one through two, it says this, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything. It doesn't say just do this one or maybe throw off this or just throw this. No, it says throw off everything. Throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. And then it says, let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. What do we do? We're gonna throw off all the hindrance, right? And we're gonna get our eyes on Jesus. So I think back to this track and field, right? And I'm looking at this. Well, if I'm gonna run in my race, right? I'm not gonna look behind me. It's gonna slow me down. If I'm running my race in my lane, I'm not going to look at the people next to me because listen to me, comparison is only going to discourage me. And then if I'm going to run in my race, I'm not going to just sit and stare at my feet the whole time while I'm running because there's a good chance I'm going to trip. <laughs> listen, it's time for all of us. We've got to stop looking behind. We've got to stop looking at the people next to us. We've got to get rid of our insecurities and our self-doubts, those competitive vibes that we have or those fleshly desires. We even have to stop looking in the mirror sometimes because guess what? You don't have the answers. We've got to begin to keep our eyes focused right in front of us on Jesus at the prize at what he's called us to, and then we can go on, Right? And just for Mother's Day, just for the sake, I just want to kind of speak to the moms real quick. Can I just tell you, moms, run your race. Run your race, because your race is different than my race. And my race is different than your race. And it's time as moms that we become more confident in who God has called us to be, that we stand up and we begin to run the race that God has called us to. It's not always easy being a mom right? We don't always make the right choices, but can I just promise you, God made you the mom of your kids because he knew that that was exactly what your kids needed. He called you to do that. And so I just want to challenge you, listen to me, run your race and be confident in that race. And there's many times that while you're running your race, you're going to hear a lot of other uh, helpful people and there's encouragement around you and you've got those people that are next to you. But I will be honest, 
There's often many times running our race where the only sound, the only sound you hear is the, is the sound of your own feet. And you're thinking, did I do enough? Are they, ever, are they learning? Like, we have all these like self-doubts that kind of creep in. Can I just tell you for a minute, Mama, get your chin up, get your shoulders back, and look forward at what God has done. Because listen, God has called you to a time as this. Be the mom to your kids that God has called you to do. And if you're not the Pinterest mom, then that's okay. All right? So it's called us to press forward, to strain forward, right? Because we're going to continue to move forward. So here's my question. So how do we strain forward? We keep talking about pressing forward. Well, how am I supposed to do that? Just like running a marathon. I can't decide today that I'm going to run a marathon and then show up at the starting line tomorrow. I would die. I mean, if I'm being honest, if I wanted to go out and run two miles right now, I probably would die <laughs> because I am not a runner. <laughs> How many know that if you're going to be a runner, there's training involved, right? If anybody's going to run a marathon, there's training involved. Listen, our physical man needs training. Well, so does our spiritual man. There's training that's required on that. First Timothy 4, 7 through 8. This was our, our, our key scripture for our Embrace Conference this year. And it says, do not waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Instead, Train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. So how do I do that? I'm going to begin to study the scriptures. We're trying to help do that as we begin to break some of these scriptures down a little bit, a little bit at a time. But how can you take it a little bit further? Chad makes fun of me. I literally have like four different devotions that I'm doing right now. I, rec I do not recommend that at all. I told him, I said, I'm about ready to lose my mind. But I got excited about this study of Philippians. If you, if you go on Amazon, there's so many extra studies that you could do to dig a little bit further into some of this stuff that we're doing, right? What about just coming to church on a Sunday? Like, come to church, join a table group. Can I tell you, there is significant, significant, like, it is very, very, very helpful to surround yourself with people who are going to encourage you and challenge you in your walk with Christ. But I can also tell you this, that even through the trials, because they're still going to come, we're still going to have those things that we're going to have to face. But listen to me, there's a difference whenever you're thinking, okay, God, what are you teaching me in this moment? Instead of getting so mad and angry all of the time and say, God, what are you teaching me in this moment? Listen, there's training involved on our spiritual sense, and we've got to be able to train. So we push, we forget, we strive, right? And we press on to what God has for us. Verse 14, it says, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward. I'm going to press on toward the prize. So what is this prize is, do we all get this big, huge? Listen, the prize is the call of Jesus. It doesn't have to be all the benefits that are behind it. Listen, it's the call of Jesus. It's the fact that we get to run this race with God, for God, and we get to be able to teach other people about this race. Amen? And the third and final thing that we need to learn from these scriptures is the maturity part. There's a maturity. Verse 15 says this, all of us then who are mature should take such a view of things and if on some point you think differently, well, that too, God will make clear to you. You see, as Christians, we know it is mature to know that there is a growing, that there is a realization that, you know what, I've not achieved to this. The maturity that Paul defines is it's growth. It's growth. We have not gotten there. John Newton says, I am not what I should be. I am not what I want to be. I am not what I will be, but praise God, I am not what I used to be. 
There's growth. Maturity, mature Christians understand that they've not, they've not obtained everything that they have, but they continue to push forward to the mark. And that last little bit, it says, and if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. I, wanna sh I just kind of want to show you something in Ephesians 1, 16 through 19. It says this, I have not stopped giving thanks for you. Remembering you in my prayers, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of revelation, so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Listen to me, through the spirit of wisdom and the revelation that the eyes of your heart will be opened. See, what I like about this is it's telling me, listen, all those things that are inside that maybe God's trying to get your attention, listen to me, he will reveal it to you. He will reveal these things to you. But again, like I said before, the problem is many of us, we don't stop and we won't listen and we don't obey. If there are things that God is trying to get your attention on, he will reveal it to you. If there's things that you maybe need to make a change on, he will reveal it to you, but you gotta stop and listen. And you've gotta stop and obey. Many times we have that little still small voice that we're hearing running around in our head, but how many times we're like, well, no, that's uncomfortable. I don't wanna have to make that change. But that's God telling you, listen, he will reveal things to you, but it's up to us to listen and obey. And as I'm getting ready to close and the band can come back, verse 16 says this, only let us live up to what we have already attained. This whole mean is be consistent. Be consistent. Keep pushing forward. Keep doing what you're doing. Don't fall backwards, but keep pushing forward in what you want. Continue in your growth. So there's this word that we talk about a lot, like in this Christian walk, and it's called sanctification. Everybody say sanctification. It's a big word, but this is the whole point of sanctification, right? It's to be made righteous or holy. But sanctification is this. It's a process. It's a process for which I am trying very hard to become more like Christ. And in this sanctification process, it continues to happen until, I be, until I'm face to face with Jesus Christ. I will never, ever achieve it, ever. But it is a growing process into which I'm continuing to learn. In one of my devotions, it says this with sanctification. It says, from the moment believers come to faith in Christ, they are set apart for growth and maturity in Christ. They have been declared righteous positionally and are becoming righteous progressively. Through the work of the Holy Spirit who indwells in them, believers will continue in growth and holiness until they see Christ face to face. As I continue to think of this sanctification, it reminds me of an old song, He's Still Working on Me. It was one that I learned when I was back in Sunday school. And I love that. You know what? He's still working on me. None of us have attained it. Nobody has obtained any of it. Nobody's reached perfection, and that's okay. But we've got to make sure that every step that we're doing, we are continuing to grow. Listen, it is time for the church to mature. It is time for the church to move forward so that we can forget the junk, but continue to move on to what he's called us to do. And can I just say, not silently. It is time for us to... Be rally the troops, right? It's time for us to be bold enough in our speaking so that we can continue to move forward and press on toward the goal in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. I'm going to have everybody stand to your feet. Pastor Chad is going to come. I'm just going to say a prayer.
the biggest thing that God just really kept, kept really just bringing back to me is there's so many people who are really struggling to move forward. Something is holding you back. There's something that you just keep dealing with in the past. You're just kind of dragging it around like Linus's blanket, like it's just with you everywhere you go. You can't let it go. And the enemy is like almost taunting you with it at times. But I'm here to tell you, this is a huge reminder. Listen, we cannot continue to move forward when all we're doing is carrying everything from the past with us. Amen.